This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We've covered, you know, the the issues with, you know, the offense, the energy, whatever. But on the very brief amount of time, we got to see the new look power play um, with Orlov on it. Um, and then that second unit that actually did better than the first unit, um, what did you guys think? Do you think that going back to that in you know in the next few games could be something that gets their power play going? I mean, I'd like to see them give it a little bit of a longer look. Like I, you know, I don't want to pull the plug on Orlov getting a shot in that top unit after one game. But and I mean, they only had two power plays, so only you're only talking about four minutes, and, and the second unit got quite a bit of that time so it was probably only i don't know what was orlov's power play time i'm gonna guess it was right around two minutes maybe uh yeah 206 orlov had on the power play so that's not a ton of time i would point out that they didn't have any shots on goal on either of their power plays um the only one was the crazy one that you know would have been a goal, but gets disallowed. So and doesn't and doesn't count as a shot because it technically never happened. <laughs> they put the clock back. right. Yeah, so it's like it, there. It's not. It, it wasn't an immediate success. Uh, like I, I would just say that it wasn't. It's not like they went out there and you know caught fire and holy crap, Orlov's bombing one time is all over the place. Like, but now it still looked pretty sloppy. There's still work to do. Yeah, but think about it. Like, so the the very first look they got on it, DeBrus got hurt like 15 seconds into it. So like, DeBrus took like that shot up in the chest. Luckily, we asked Montgomery about about it after the game, and he said it was just a, like a wind situation where the wind got knocked out of him. He came back and played the rest of the game. He came back like shortly after, but when he got off the ice, it didn't look good. But anyway, that's how the that power play started. Was you know with Orlov on there for the first time, all of a sudden, 15 seconds in timeout because DeBrusque's trying to get off the ice and then it kind of threw off that power play I thought and then with that second unit it was Krejci, Lindholm, Bertuzzi, McAvoy and Zaka 
and they had some really good passing going on that pass from McAvoy all the way across from one dot to the other to Krejci was was really nice perfect and he could have shot it too but he he went for the extra pass and Krejci teed it off so um I liked what that unit was able to do and you you see a new addition on that unit as well with Bertuzzi yeah I mean for me I just need more time to see um with Orlov obviously as Scott said it was couples couple brief lux it's you don't make a change and then just not give it room to breathe right so i need to see, need to see a little bit more and i think uh i think this this home and home with detroit will probably be a good opportunity to see that you know as far as the second unit goes i'm a little conflicted because i feel like i feel like pavel zaka has been like one of the best zone entry and puck retrievers all year for the Bruins on the power play. Like when that second unit's on the ice, like there's like a, there's a Krejci esque calmness to his game with zone entries, but he has more quickness than Krejci. And like, that's just like, what are you going to do? Put him on the first unit and take away like Marchand or, or Debraska Bergeron. Like no, and Pashnak. No. So, I, I mean, I think that second unit's where he's going to be and it's good to have balance on both units, but that's something I've picked up too, is I just really like, I like his his success rate at just retrieving pucks in the power play. Um, he seems really good at that for me. Um, but in general, I need to see a little bit more of these uh, these new looks to make an actual kind of uh, assessment of them. Um, one last thing I wanted to mention too that I noticed last night the Bruins were, were weren't great in was um, uh, puck possession. I, I didn't I didn't love their decision making. I thought they were they were they were turning the puck over too often. Um, and I think that stems from the lack of skating game that they had when you, when, when your legs aren't moving, when your feet aren't moving, when you're not, when you're not synchronized with your teammates out there, that's when, that's when you you start get turning the puck over and you're getting lazy with the passes. Cause nobody's really moving. There's no mojo. So I think it all stems from the state, from the skating game. But I noticed that last night too. Like they were just a little stationary. Um, I know, I know one of the big talking points in Boston media when they try to nitpick things with David Pasternak, who's one of the best hockey players in the world, um, is that he turns the puck over a lot. And for the most part, I sit there and I laugh at it because I say, you know what, when you have the puck in your stick a lot, chances are you're going to turn it over more than others. But also he scores, he's a 50, 60 goal scorer in this league. So like you take the good with the bad, but I will say, it is something he needs to, 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 to work on because it, as good as he is and as much as your success rides on him, if you're in a playoff, an important playoff game, important time of the game, overtime, whatever, series-altering type of game, you have to protect the puck in certain mo- – all, all throughout the whole game. But like last night – there was one play in particular, and I, and I know this is nitpicking, but we do three episodes a week on the Bruins, so I'm going to talk about it, where there was under five minutes to go in the game, and he just kind of gave the puck away to Connor McDavid in the neutral zone. And McDavid comes down the ice with four minutes and 50 seconds left in the game on an odd man rush and, like, could have just iced the game. And it's just like you, ha- you can't turn the puck over there with that guy on the ice. And it's just something that he, he just has to be a little bit – better at it that's all i'm saying like i understand how good he is how important he is and i know it's not the end of the world but i would hate to see david pasternak 
have a costly giveaway in the playoffs that leads to a goal against or something like that and have and then have all the uh the pundits be like oh see he turns the puck over he's a liability like i want him to prove those people wrong as opposed to you know what i mean so that's just something i noticed as well last night uh in addition to the other stuff we talked about already yeah and i think there's a difference between him turning it over because he's trying to move on the rush down the wing you know one-on-one against a defenseman like that's that's where I'm okay with him taking chances. Uh, to your point, like if it's in the neutral zone or breaking out of the D zone, that's where I like, I think he can be a little safer. And it's like, you, you don't have to take chances in, in those parts of the ice or at least not as many of them. Um, yeah. I mean, he still, he continues to lead the NHL in giveaways and I know different arenas like record these stats differently. So there's, you know, some caveat there, but yeah, it's like it's all the guys who have the puck the most, but it's still not a category you want to be leaving, be leading. You know, so David Poslenik has 90 giveaways as registered by the NHL on the season. Connor McDavid, who obviously touches the puck as much as anyone, is 11th with 65. Now, I know that's Connor McDavid, and like I'm not expecting Poslenik or anyone else to be Connor McDavid. He is an all time great player, but it is kind of like proof that you can have the puck a lot. You can be creative and not lead the league in turnovers. So yeah, some, some cleaning up for sure. Um, one last thing on the power play. I just wanted to touch on, uh, on Wednesday, I think it was, we talked to Brad Marchand after practice and I, and I asked him about the power play and he said, you know, basically like we just need, we need more movement. We need bodies moving. We need pucks moving faster. Um, you know, we've never been a good power play when we're stationary. And I think Martian himself has at times been guilty of that. And I thought last night he was a couple of times where he would get the puck and just kind of stand there and hold it and like wait for something to open up. And when that works and that patience pays off and, you know, Pasternak gets open and he hits a passing lane or whatever, it looks great. But there are times where like I see the puck get to Martian on that right elbow, and it's like I want to see him move either moving in or you know towards the slaughter, going towards the net or circling out high or something to get the defense moving. I feel like too often he gets the puck over there at the right dot and just kind of like holds it for five seconds waits for something to happen and i we know he can he can make things happen and i just feel like i want to see him do that more you know it's like just drive to the net and even if it gets ugly like create some chaos you know do more than just like wait for someone else to move around and open up yeah i mean that's when and bridget i don't know if you had any thoughts on that to follow up but i would just say quickly like that's when the Bruins power play to me is at its best. And that's kind of what you're talking about, Scott. Like when they're moving with and without the puck, when you, when you have McAvoy in that top unit and he's circling around the offensive zone and Pashnak's going from, from circle to circle and giving different looks, I'm on my forehand, I'm on my offside. When Marshan starts buzzing all the while you have Bergeron kind of in that bumper, like just reading everything, like the little, the little snake in the weeds, like that's when they're most successful. You don't, you don't want to be stagnant and, and, and flat footed because you're making the penalty killers lives far too easy and the goaltender 
only has to worry about like, okay, so Martian has the puck on the right circle. All right. I see where Bergeron is. Okay. I know out of my peripherals, Pashnak's like here, he's creeping down a little bit easier, you know, but if you're, if everybody's moving and, and attacking and creating different looks, like you're talking about Scott, that's when the Bruins pop is at its best. I think a lot of that stems from confidence when things are going well. So I think if they get a couple goals here and break through, that might happen. But until then, they're just kind of fighting it a little bit. I guess one question from, and I actually, I, I know what my answer is, but was there anyone from the Bruins in that game that you thought was bringing, like, bringing the energy when other people weren't? Because I can't off the top of my head really pick out really one guy that was doing enough to, to kind of like lift everybody up. I mean, I would say like Orlov's defending stood out as a positive. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know about opportunities to really like make things happen offensively, but I thought he was aggressive defending. He was stepping up on guys. Um, he was part of a big part of the effort of shutting down McDavid. So I thought he was bringing intensity on defense. He knocked McDavid down behind the net once he knocked Dreisaitl down another time. Um, so that stood out to me as someone who was bringing intensity, at least at, at the defensive end um, and breaking up entries and all that. Um, yeah. that. But yeah, it, it's tough that there definitely weren't a lot of guys doing it. I mean, I thought, uh, I thought like AJ Greer was trying out there trying to make an impact in the forward check. I thought Frederick was moving his feet pretty well to, at, at times. Um, you know, Hathaway, like those those types of guys that like you have to bring that to be effective. I thought they were doing what they could, um, but it just wasn't there up and down the lineup, um, in my opinion. 